digger here and ain't no wannabes here with some not so nice advice for your writing career to be clear no punches will be pulled but the punch may be spiked how they like before they get on the mic to my left we got the mighty Mer Lafferty and if I piss her off believe me she'll come after me and her co-host Matt Evan Wallace on the right yes she may be half as hype as she could take him in a fight so settle in folks buckle in and boot up time to meddle in a way to make your writer shut up it's hard work but the perk is that it's fun and exciting Facebook will still be there when you're done writing Ditch Diggers! Ditch Diggers! Matt is having an emergency, family emergency, so he is not here today. And Ursula has been kind enough to step in, albeit off Yo. camera. Uh, we are delighted to have you here because uh, I prefer I to have... I but not enough to put on makeup. I don't, I don't blame you. you. You're giving me your time. I don't need your makeup. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, so we're doing a, a quick ditch diggers that I'm, I'm prepared with a topic. I'm just not prepared with a stream. I had a, a weird thing. Um, I read a book called This Is Your Brain on Sports. And I don't even remember why I was reading this, but it had some fascinating stuff in there. One of them being that whenever your brain looks at something that you want to do, say, run a race, or write, edit, promote, and then launch a book, it says, okay, I'm going to need this amount of energy to do this. And, you know, they've, they've tested this to say that they had people get on bikes and they could track their their uh, distance, and they're saying, okay, ride a hard 10K. And so then they rode a hard 10K and did really well. And then the next experiment was telling them to ride a hard 10K, but not telling them how far they've gone. It's like stationary bikes. And uh, yeah, yeah. because their brains were unable to know how much further they had to go, it didn't. They didn't know how much energy to put into it, and they always felt like they had to hold something back. And I just found this fascinating, and I've seen it happen in my life a lot. Like, for example, when when my kid was like four months old, I would be the stay-at-home mom and be absolutely exhausted by the time my husband got home from work. And then I was really worried when he had a business trip, and I'm like, how am I going to do this? And I did fine, because my brain knew, okay, you need to be on for this amount of time. And I did it. So I realized that I had been planning the launch of Station Eternity for over a year. Like, I turned in the final draft September last year. That is a long-ass plan. Yes. Well, we took it off the schedule because I missed my deadlines. And so they're like, let's just finish it, make sure it's good, and then when it's final, we'll put it on the schedule, which of course meant their schedule was already filled out until they had a slot in October 2022. So, um, I'd been preparing for this book for a year. Not like all the time, but when I was done, when October 4th finally got here, my brain's like, wow, that was a lot. We need a break. And it nearly shut down. Like, I had to go visit somebody last week. Not even a mental mental energy, but it was Thursday, It was Wednesday, the day after launch day. And I wanted to cry. I just couldn't process the thing of going to visit somebody. And uh, so that's why I took some time off last week and missed all of my streams after 
ditch diggers, for which I'm sorry. But um, there's yeah, so- a uh, uh, there's a CIA torture technique. Oh, and it's uh, uh, well, I mean, there's lots of them, obviously, many, many of them. <laughs> but one of the first things they do is they make sure you have no way of determining time passing. Mm-hmm. And at one point, they uh, they did a thing that was like, uh, uh, and this was a group of volunteer civilian people. They were like. We're gonna hold you in this uh, in this warehouse for three days, and uh, people are like, yeah, no problem. Three days of uh, whatever, I can do that standing on my head. And they discovered they had no sense of time passing, mm-hmm. and so at about the twelve hour mark, they thought that they must be nearly done. Wow! And they so really think they had like eaten and and peed and. Slept for three days worth. Uh, uh, don't look at me, man. It might have been. Uh, it might have been like thirty-six hours instead of twelve. I don't know. I did spend a while, but the sure. point is, they had no sense of time passing. And when I th- and I think what actually happened is someone did come and bring them food, and they were like, "Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. This means wait. We're not because they had been like feeling good about it because they had this this." I'm almost done thing mm-hmm. going on and because they were deprived of the markers of, of time. And so, and, and there were like a couple people in there. This wasn't solitary. So, you know, they were talking to each other. They're strangers. They're like, yeah, we're rocking this. And, and they said it once, you know, they realized they had only been there for like whatever, however many hours they were like, it was just suddenly crushing. Yeah. Because there was, there was, so much left to go, which is sort of is almost like the opposite of what you're talking about, but and and ties into the thing well, I always no, say I about eating exactly a whale one bite at a time, which is you must never look at the entire whale. Yeah, yeah, never look at the whole whale because if you look at the whole whale, the size of it will destroy you, mm-hmm. and you will think I can never do this. So look at the tiny chunk of whale in front of you and uh, eat it with ketchup. Well, with ketchup. There we go. Icelandic style. I actually don't know if they if if they eat it with ketchup there. <laughs> I I I when I was in Iceland, I saw a place selling whale. I did not get it. Yes, I remember. I I felt weird. I did um, get puffin though because I'm a terrible person, but they aren't in danger. You're a monster. Also, incidentally, puffin is kind of awful. Uh, it's really salty, it. dark meat. Yes, it, it was sort of damp, salty, dark meat, and uh, uh, they served it with a, a I think, a cloudberry uh, like dressing kind of thing, which was actually the dressing was great, but uh, not with the puff. Okay. I think a lot of things in Iceland that they eat are. They eat them because they're what's available in ice. Oh cream. yeah, oh yeah. I mean, like bread ice cream. You wouldn't eat puffin if you could get anything else, or you know, or or hakarl. Would you really be eating Greenland shark uh, fermented in lye for a year if yeah. you know you had fresh fish available? Probably. The uh, the Icelanders I spoke to all said that yes, you have to get very drunk first, mm. and uh, and then the hakarl is a great idea, but it's kind of a frat thing. 
<laughs> I have to go stop the three-legged dog from hurting herself. Can you uh, chat to people? I'll be right back. Uh, hi, people. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm Ursula Vernon, aka T Kingfisher, your your friendly neighborhood uh, uh, host person. I can't see the Twitch chat, so I have no idea what you're asking. All right. So I'm just gonna blather for. Oh, well, thank God, Merspec. Sorry, uh, sorry. I just. Uh, that's all good. I appreciate the the blathering. Um, I. She did not actually get through the the barrier to the door to attack the terrible people who are bringing us mail, so we're good. But ah uh, uh, yes, we get to go back to the vet tomorrow. It's uh, been a month since she got her new knee. Yeah, good times. Um, I am trying to create my create your guest information so I can hit a button and say Ursula's here. Yay. Alright. Anyway, cool. so, uh, um... You had a topic. I did. Last week on Twitter, I, um... Oh, Twitter. I know, I know. I, I heard about some things, and this was by some people I didn't know about somebody I didn't know. So I am kind of staying out of the actual referencing because I don't, I, I don't feel comfortable ref just referencing stuff that I'm you know, not 100% familiar with, but um, it, it did remind it did remind me of something. Essentially, um, a guy trying to help writers with their social media, help them get followers, and then um, was then kind of harassing them if they did anything on Twitter that he disagreed with. This includes changing their profile picture. And, Good lord. Um, you know, a lot of it just saying, all I've done for you, etc., etc. And I, I just, I had that feeling of, there's so much good advice out there, but people don't see all of it, so we have to keep saying it. So I wanted to talk about grooming and that kind of thing, but also, um... You know, spoiler alert, if you've got something else to do today, here's all you need to know. There's no one person who has the power to either make or break your career. Now granted, an agent can do a great deal of work and, and really make things exciting. But there's no one agent who is guaranteed to make your career. Um... Yeah, there's there there is not there really isn't a blacklist because people just don't talk to each other that much. I mean, they talk to each other so to yeah, a certain a extent. Network. So try not to be an asshole, but it's a network. It's not like every publisher has photos stapled to the wall that says "Do not accept a manuscript from this person." Yeah. But even if they do, that's probably because you've pissed a lot of them off. And again, yeah. like one person. This is if if you've got lots and lots of people who are pissed at you, that can hurt your career. But one, no, not really. Um, and, yeah. So, like, and people think, well, what if it was someone super famous, like Oprah? 
Dude, I can tell you, I am sure that you could write the book about your vendetta with Oprah and publishers would throw money at it with like one of those t-shirt cannons. It would just fire wads of hundreds at your face. Yes. And if you're a genre writer, like, you know, uh, yeah, that I mean... But still, uh, Oprah doesn't that's care. not Oprah <laughs> doing anything. That's, that's, that's like, I'm talking about, okay, for example, if you look at, say, Neil Gaiman's or George R. R. Martin's live journal or Twitter feed or Tumblr feed, you'll see them mention people. Martin has an entire project made up of other writers called Wild Cards. And so if you think... Yep. Neil Gaiman or Martin can can make my career. Well, no, because they they do promote other people just fine. But those people are not super successful because of that. And yeah, um, at, at, at best, you can give someone a leg up. You cannot mm -hmm. drag them to the mountain height with you. Yes. Um. Yeah, it's it's like that. And so also if someone's just like you if you don't do what I suggest, your career is going to flounder. And again, we're not talking about you know obviously not talking about anything illegal or anything assholeish. I'm just talking about one person saying, "Hey, you need to tweet X many times a day, or you need to write X many books a year, or go to X many book launches, uh, events, kind of thing. There are people out there who will say, you know, you need to do these things, and if you don't take my advice, then I'm going to make you feel guilty. And this is a grooming method, and... um it's kind of got a gross name, but I see where it is because it's it's trying to take someone who's not as accomplished as you are, offer them help, but there's always the implication of something else involved. And um you know, like like I I edited you. I I I bought your first story, so clearly we need to hang out at a con. Or even worse. And um, this guy was, was giving people shit for just doing things on Twitter that he didn't approve of. And I'm not talking even like anything most people approve of. Just he didn't approve of it. And I realized that, that this isn't said enough. That um, advice, especially unsolicited advice, is free. And you don't have to pay for it. So if somebody gives you advice and you don't take it, or you take part of it, you don't owe them anything. Not an explanation. Not an apology. Nothing. And I think a lot of people, especially women, femme-presenting people, don't think about how much power they themselves have. And Well, we're certainly socialized not to. Yes, exactly. And, um, so I just wanted to talk about that. Uh, we were, we started talking about, um, you being groomed, Ursula, before we started recording. <laughs> and, uh, 
we decided to save that for the stream. So, um, tell me about your experience with that, Ursula. I have no idea. <laughs> if it if someone has tried, uh, they they have either either they failed or they thought they succeeded. I don't know because uh, I don't know if it's ever happened. It I have never been aware of it. I am I, I exist in a state of of extremely cheerful obliviousness I am to so many many social this. undercurrents, and uh, it's honestly it's kind of nice. Uh, well, it's very nice, honestly. I I, uh, I enjoy being me a lot. Being me is fun. Yeah. Uh, but the. Uh, among many other things, I never know until later that someone has been hitting on me. <laughs> and if someone was attempting to to groom me in any way to like uh, uh, make uh, to uh, there's a thing that people talk about, uh, you know, uh, people who will try to befriend you so you can help their career kind of thing, mm -hmm. like the, the sort of predatory networking almost. And this always baffles me because like. I have many uh, friends. I, I, I have my dear friend Murr here. I have no freaking clue how I would help Murr's career in any in any significant way. Like, if Murr saw me as a stepping stone to success, wow, would she be disappointed? I uh, uh, like I, I will I will tweet about Murr's new book at Station Eternity. You should totally buy it. Uh, I will blurb that. Uh, if you want more than that. Like, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're screwed. Like I, I have never understood, in fact, the, how that was supposed to work in practical terms. Like is, uh, do you just go around befriending people hoping that one day an editor is saying out loud at the bar, I don't know if I should buy a manuscript by Mer Lafferty and I will be walking by at that precise moment and be like, you totally should. I, I, this is the only way I can conceive of that happening. Cause like, I'm, I'm, I'm another writer. What am I going to do? You know, it, it, I, yeah. So it is entirely possible that, uh, uh, people have tried to social climb via me and, um, I feel a little bad for them. <laughs> they, uh, they like, you know, you, you gave it the old college try, I'm sure, but, I don't know what you thought you were getting. Um, well, I, I, I go yeah. on. No, I, I, the closest I can leave is, is somebody once asked me or once or twice people have asked me for my agent's contact info. And I was like, Oh yeah, no, she doesn't actually rep that. I'm real sorry. Uh, but good luck. Yeah. Uh, Cause I don't know. I wouldn't know how to get an agent. I, 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 my agent got me. You it tripped was, and you know, fell you know, into an so, agent. Yeah, mistakes. Well, I mean, no mistakes were made, but uh, uh, it was it was awesome. But yeah, that that's not how to do it. So, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I once helped a friend of mine who was a writer who was he, he was self published and he was lamenting that, or not so much. He was a tiny indie press and he was lamenting that. They were just not giving him uh, invoices or, or, or records or receipts or anything. And he was like, you know, I, I feel weird asking. I, I don't want to, like, 
bother them, but it's been like three months and they're not telling me how things are selling. And this is a pattern of behavior going back years. And I was like, oh, buddy, oh, God, you need an agent. Oh, God, I can't get you an agent. But I think I can I can at least fix sort of this a little. And uh, since I was on Twitter at the time, I was in an airport. Uh, Dong Juan, the agent, I was like, I'm not asking you to be my friend's agent just to put that out here, but my friend really needs to talk to an agent for 10 minutes so that one can tell him this is completely normal. And for the love of God, these people are taking advantage of you. Just give him that talk. I beg of you and I will owe you a drink the next time we're at a con. And Dong Juan was like, yes, I will absolutely do this thing for you. Not a problem. And so I was like, here, Richard, Dong Juan talk I do it did not go on to become his agent you know uh agent they I think they chatted about that sort of thing and uh, uh he and dude you know went off and got a different publisher and was much happier and so uh that is that is I think the the closest I have ever come to using my clout to help someone succeed and that was because I, not because they asked but because I was like oh sweet team this baby no yeah um I will say that, you know, we're kind of moving from grooming into networking, which... Yeah, that was networking. That was like, yeah. You are... You're so cute with your obliviousness. It's adorable. Um, no, you are very powerful. You just don't realize it. Uh, the number of people who just get all excited when they hear your name is it, it, it's it's many people um you you help me by coming on this show the numbers go up when ursula's here i'll just say that um and so i i mean but but that's it's but it's not working it's, power, it's, all, but it's, it's, it's like a perk of, of the thing that like like i Okay, somebody did a fanfic based on a tweet of mine, right? It was the one about hot sauerkraut wrestling. So they did an AO3 <laughs> fanfic of, about, uh, yeah, with, I was in a fight with a troll and I just started pretending that I was a uh, uh, Russian peasant and the Tsar's men had taken our cabbages for their illicit hot sauerkraut wrestling ring. And, uh, uh, yeah. Okay, look, it made a lot of sense in context. I'm sure it and did. Someone, someone like wrote writes this epic about hot sauerkraut wrestling, which I thought was adorable, was wonderful, and I like retweeted, you know, or someone had sent me a link to it because they found it so on Ao3, and so I was able to tweet. You guys have to go read this fic about hot sauerkraut wrestling. It includes the line, you know, uh, a man who does not love hot sauerkraut wrestling cannot be said to love Mother Russia. And obviously any of us would be happy to have written that line. I would be proud to have written that line. And and yes, the, the author sees this and squeeze and, and has more. But that's like, I mean, I guess that's power, but that's the benefit of being up there is that you can your if your opinion matters to people you can make people really happy yes when you like their stuff and and give them like you know a a, a like yeah i but can i i, I don't I think wanna, editors feel that way i just want to make one thing clear yeah we're talking we're, we're talking about two different things here one is grooming and one is we networking are. grooming is like if ursula said look 
fanfic writer, I am going to make your career by tweeting about you. This is day one of your steamroller career where you will destroy genre and be the only one left standing. You will be Highlander of genre. And uh, Ursula can't do that. Now, if oh, there's God, somebody no. there saying, you need, if you don't do what I tell you to, and they're never this obvious. Obvious people don't go far with their threats. They're all smooth and confusing. But essentially, they're saying, if you don't comply, I will ruin your career. Which one person still can't do. And networking is more like being friendly to people and having them remember that you're friendly. That That's really networking. Um, and so, yeah, you can give somebody a boost. You can introduce somebody. And, um, you know, it's... it's yeah, that's, that that's is, a good use of, of power. Yes, it is a good use of power, but... Uh, and, you know, you can sort of set up dominoes, but even then, the work has to be good. And if they introduce you to somebody who then publishes your book, there's still too much involved. That's why my point is one person. There's no one person who can lift you up or crush you. And anybody who says yeah. they can are, uh, they want something from you. And it's usually something you don't want to give. And, and the thing is, and, uh, just to address the elephant in the room, we're all thinking it's probably sex. It might not be that. It might just be like adulation or emotional uh, labor or whatever. But like, yeah, there are no, there are no, like, there are no cult leaders yeah. that, you know, can get you the, that can get you in with God. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really it. And, um, I just, it, it's kind of like, uh, there are going to be people who help and there's going to be people who don't help because your career is like this. There's going to be books that do well and books that don't do well because that's mm -hmm. a career. And, um, as Tobias Bakel says in one of my favorite metaphors is like, your career is going to be like, the stock market. We always think it's going to be like, we get a success, and then the next time, we get a little bit more success, and then the next time, we get a little bit more success, and that's not the way things go. So, it's like, instead of looking to find the one person who can do things for you, that's why you, you are friendly, you listen to some people, you decide that other people are predatory, and you don't want to spend any time with them. Um... There's it is of... okay to set boundaries with your time and energy and be like, this person is a lot of work. Yes, exactly. That's um, true in your career and life, incidentally, too. So. Yes. And, you know, if there's if there's somebody who is is predatory on a like an editor level or an agent level, you have the power to step away. You have the power to to move on to somebody else because if your work is good enough for them to be grooming you like that somebody else who's actually ethical and not gross will also see your potential if your work is not that good then you don't want them 
representing you or buying your stuff. You want to get better so that somebody more ethical will do it. Um, I just, I just worry about people. I know, I, I just, I hate it so much. And, you know, the, and what really gets me about these people is they're very, very good at reading power dynamics. Power dynamics means if they don't see you as a target, they're not going to groom you, which is how when dudes get called out for bad behavior, people step up and go, well, oh, I've yeah. never seen this. Well, he didn't think he could groom you. It's or like the cartoon with the eagles saying, uh, do you think the, the fox is a predator? And the other eagle's like, no, he's always been great to me. Yeah, yeah I don't know what Mr. Fieldmouse was talking about. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Which, again, is possibly one of the reasons, and, and this is not through any personal virtue. This is not something I am doing right <laughs> that everyone else is doing wrong. Uh, believe me. Uh, but this is probably why I have not had that problem, because... Uh, any any groomer with any skill in this would put out feelers and then be like, yeah, this ain't going to go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but again, that is not personal virtue. That is not, that is just uh, Captain Oblivious here, so. Yes. Yes. Um, we've had a lot of talk in chat. I want to address some of it. Um, hello, everybody. We're very glad you're here. Um, haven't had a whole lot of, of interaction, so I'm sorry about that. Um, so we are talking about grooming and giving people power that they think they can claim. Uh, Underpope says, let me help you with your social media equals a very bad sign. Um, kids are asleep. Bad agent can cause problems too, but not generally irreparable ones. Exactly. I mean, there are people who can mess with your career, yes. But again, it's... There's no one person. I mean, if you get a bad agent, you you fire the agent, and you feel bad about yourself, and you feel like you're never going to get another one and your career's over, and then you pick yourself up, and you go get another agent. Or you start self-pubbing or something. But they Listen didn't... to Mer. Mer knows wherever she speaks on that, yes. Yes, Mer does. Um... So, sorry. Yeah, the, the, there, are, there are certainly people who can... Uh, who can mess with your your career trajectory, as it were? But there, it's it's very. There's no one like in the industry with power to destroy you utterly. Yeah. Uh, this isn't to say that you know some rando can't knife you in a parking lot and destroy your career utterly. But that's, that's kind of else. a different thing, and I don't think that's what Murr is talking no. about. No. No. Yeah. I'm not saying you're all immortal. Um. You used asleep. the Highlander metaphor early on. That's true, that's true. Uh, Kids Are Asleep says, Imagine spending so much time cultivating fake friendships to get ahead instead of learning to write good. I think about that with the people who spend all their time harassing, like, Scalzi and Patrick Tomlinson. It's like, you could, with all that energy, you could do something else. It's so much energy. They could probably create something at least big. Maybe not good, but... But no, they they're they're spending all their time tw put putting their energy towards something just foul and evil, and I just don't get it. I remember reading a, a thing from someone who uh, 
you know, the men going their own way in cell group mm-hmm. who are like men who are just done with women. Uh, some guy was like, yeah, I, you know, was newly single and all. And I checked out one of the forums and it was like, I was there for a week and I was like, all you're doing is bitching about women. You supposedly have all this money and energy. Why haven't you built like a, an amazing tree house? Yeah. Like, why are there no tree houses on this forum? <laughs> and uh, it's like, okay, that I I feel you make a valid point there, that is, bro. Yeah. I, that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Don't someone build a tree house. Yeah. <laughs> Someone to be says, uh, in the defense of bad people, learning to write good is hard work, while being a jerk really comes naturally to some, and that is fair. That's quite fair. That um, yeah, that is true. Yes. Um, let's see. Confusing and people is the worst. Definitely good old emotional blackmail. Um, yes, yeah, sending the ladder down after you to help people climb up. But there are a lot of ladders. Thank you. That's exactly it. No one can pull all the yeah. ladders up. No one can extend all the ladders. It's like there are opportunities and people galore who can help you or push you back a little bit. But nobody can utterly make it or break it. It's just it can't do that. Um, someone to be has a really good point. I think the closest to lift up or crush you are the partners and parents in your close personal life and not people in the industry at all. That is absolutely, absolutely true. Absolutely, We talk about that on my other podcast, I Should Be Writing, um, because I I haven't had an uh, email like this in a very long time, but I still remember the one where someone's just like, yeah, I'm unemployed and I'm looking for a job, but any time I try to spend on my book, my husband says is wasting time that I should be spending on a job. And I'm like, well, you need to look at your marriage. I am not a marriage counselor, but you need to look at your marriage. Also, take your laptop into the toilet. Right there. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can't help with that. I have been uh, fortunate in so much as the two husbands I've had have both been very supportive of my career because uh, it did not occur to me that they had an option not to be and i think i uh, i yeah 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 and i had my parents supporting me and you know you know uh, uh speculative writing since the beginning not just writing but you know science fiction they're great they're happy and um a lot of parents don't do that and a lot of parents look at their kids if they write anything dark and worry about them I remember number. Oh yeah, my mom did do that in college. I remember in college. No, in high school. In high school, I was. uh, I I think I had written some some weird ass dark poetry or something, and uh, I had to print it out for school. And my mom, mom is like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, why? All good." But I mean, I also didn't let my mother read any of my stuff. At that point, you know, oh, yeah. because, uh, like, that would just be, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember. I'm still, I, I still tell myself she never reads any of my sex scenes. <laughs> uh, there's a, a, there's a time when Numbers Ninja was quite small. I want to say, like, kindergarten or first grade. And they were doing a, 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 math problem about a little boy working in a garden 
and they drew this giant black silhouette of a cat behind the boy and then just started writing the story about little did he know doom cat was waiting for him <laughs> and That's I, have fabulous. Been, I have loved doom cat ever since i just thought and this is one of those things where i like oh i could see people like worrying about this because i mean it's it's a little dark you're threatening the little boy with doom cat and uh i could see some parents just getting a little bit tweaked about Angry. that but yeah I just knew that it just meant they were awesome. So, um, yeah, I, yeah. Ian says, I, I swear some folks work harder to avoid work than just doing the work. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. And people who are... No, I, yeah. truly lazy people work extremely hard sometimes. They do. They do. And kids are asleep. The people who are cops about your time and ambitions fall under the ACAB maxim. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Um, so is there anything I haven't touched on? I, I, I did a Twitter thread about it. Just nobody has the power. You have a lot of power. You need to acknowledge your power. If you're questioning how someone's treating you, ask someone else. There are more good yeah. people than bad people in this industry. I promise. And yeah, uh, which is, gets back to the importance of having a network or at least a group of friends that you trust that you can be like, I need a reality check on this one. Yeah. Uh, so they can say either, wow, yeah, that's fucked up, or whoa, you are overthinking, or whatever. Because, I mean, it's also entirely possible to, to be hyper-paranoid because of past experiences, Lord knows. But sometimes if you're, sometimes your instincts are good. Sometimes your instincts are completely screwed up because, you know, uh, it, it's like sometimes the compass points north and sometimes somebody threw your compass in a pile of magnets and now it just spins randomly. You have and, no more compass. Yeah, so it, 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 and you probably have a pretty good idea if your internal compass has been magnetized or demagnetized or however that works. This metaphor is getting away from me. Yeah, there, there have been times where I've been oblivious to people being, well, I mean, at my, at my book launch on Tuesday night, uh, a guy was asking me, like, about Star Trek and Lord of the Rings, and I didn't think anything about it. I just answered the questions. But then my friends at dinner were just like, "Can you believe that guy just gatekeeping?" So, have you read Lord of the Rings? Have you read? Have you watched Star Trek? And I didn't even see it. And they, everybody, was just saying how weird it was. And but there was another time when I was trying to explain an interaction with a friend. Where another friend of mine got mad on my behalf, and I'm like, "No, I think I'm right here. That that I am. That 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 my friend was not. My friend was not trying to to be terrible at me, and I read the situation correctly. Um, but yeah, the whole Lord of the Rings thing. I was embarrassed. It's, my friends thought it was hysterical, not on my in my expense, but. I didn't even see it because I was on yeah. stage and, you know, having to. You're on stage and the guy's question was, have you read Lord of the Rings? Yep. Yep. And you were like, yes, I'm obviously. on stage to talk about my science fiction book, by the way. Science fiction. Yes. That, that is an odd question to add. Yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a little. 
Uh, I don't even know if I'd go gatekeeping so much as I would. Re- I, I would have to get much more of a vibe off of it. Like, is this the zeal of the newly converted who just discovered speculative? No, fiction? he was an older man. Uh, well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Odds do not favor my charitable interpretations. Yes. Um But you know, this this like I said on stage and and at answering questions and it was kind of like um okay. This is why I have a ringer in the audience when I do readings at cons. Um Yes. Because I will freeze and answer questions. And some of the questions are not what people, well, let's, let's say inappropriate's a little strong, but, you know, it's that whole, would you ask a dude that, really? Really, think. I mean, would you ask a dude that? And, uh, I remember, there was a guy who is now in my kill file. I was actually thinking about him the other night. He interrupted my reading of Six Wakes to tell me where I was wrong. This is before it came out. He got me after my reading to tell me more things that I got wrong. And wow. then he emailed me after the con to help more. In your wrongness. Yeah. And uh, at that point, he was kill-filed. I don't remember his name. I don't know if I'll recognize him. But uh, if he sent me emails in the past, like, six years, I have not gotten them because I hate that guy. Yeah. Um, Understandably so. Dude's really had a problem with six weeks, now that I think about it. Any crap I got was from a dude at a live reading. I don't know what it was. Oh. Um, I, yeah. I don't know. I I got nothing. I I mostly read... The last few readings I've done have all been uh, the unpublished, unannounced, unfinished, but I like it, damn it, uh cozy mystery where the angel elderly retired angel and devil solve crimes in a small town and it's it's sort of adorable but it it was i people you know the thing on 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 twitter if you what star wars book would you write or whatever and mine, I'm like, I would have a retired Sith and a retired Jedi solving crimes and <laughs> solving murders in a small town. And, uh, you know, they would be gardeners and rivals. Mm-hmm. And Lucasfilm, if you're watching Burr's stream, so totally, whoever are. it is now, yeah, uh, send, uh, uh, talk to my agent. Uh, but, and everyone is like, I would read that. And I'm like, I know you would read that. But they will never let me write that. No, no. And I really want to see the, like, the, the, uh, weeding with the lightsaber scene. I, I really want to <laughs> read that one. Just like, I don't have time to weed before the storm starts. And where's my lightsaber? And go looking for it and finding it and just boom. And, and you know, meanwhile, the Sith is over there doing force, uh, levitate, ripping them out of the ground. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so, uh, uh, I was like, okay, if I file the serial numbers off that, what do I get? And the closest thing to, to Sith and Jedi, I figured, would be, like, retired angels and demons. And then Good Omens came, and I was noodling around and written some stuff, and then the Good Omens TV show came out, and I was like, oh, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they, they focused on that. And, and even though it's not in any way similar, it's sort of like, 
went in my mental kill file, but damn it, I like them too much, so I keep dragging them back out. And uh, Well, you, yeah. you nearly didn't write What Moves the Dead because of Mexican Gothic, but then you wrote What Moves the Dead, and I think it was an okay book. I uh, you know, it seems like it's not going okay. Yeah, uh, no, uh, no. What Moves the Dead by Ursula, or T. Kingfisher, excuse me. Yes, who is also me. I am yes, also T. Kingfisher. Yes. yes. I just waved at the screen, even though I realized suddenly that I don't have video on. But right. uh, yes, I'm waving to you, Twitch. <laughs> um, the kids are asleep. Now I'm doing a cartwheel. <laughs> That's a lie. That is a lie. I believe it. Um, they're waving back now. Um, the, uh, the kids are asleep said something a little while back saying about missing stairs. And um, I love... The concept of missing stairs, but unfortunately, by even the phrase missing, missing stairs is something you have to incur tell people about. And missing stairs is a word for someone that you just, everybody knows to avoid. You know, if, there's, if you're walking up a staircase and there's a missing stair, you just step over it. And when you and all your friends know about the missing stair, you don't think. To tell someone new, hey, don't fall down that staircase because there's a missing stair over there. And, and it's not even necessarily that uh, that it may just be one particular thing about said person, which is often a lot of problems. Is like you're like, I oh, know he's a great good, you know, ninety five percent of the time, and then somebody brings up, uh, I don't know. Uh, kumquats, and he goes completely berserk on how kumquats are, you know, a, a, uh, and suddenly a tool of the Illuminati and the globalist elite, and suddenly it all gets really anti-Semitic. And so everybody just steps over the kumquat. And it's, and, you know, you're like, no, he's fine as long as you avoid the kumquat thing. It's like, no, he's, he's really kind of not, not so fine. But yes. It's not just that everyone avoids him completely. It's that, yeah. That's what I meant. Was you anyway. Don't bring up carry on. Plots. Okay, I maybe not the best analogy. I think I get it though. Um, but uh, it's like don't step on the right half of the stair. The left okay. half is fine. We use the stair, but you know, just don't step on the right half because that's what sets everything off. Right. And so you, but you go around like accepting things that should not be accepted. Because it's fine as long as you don't step on that patch of stair. Mm -hmm. uh, Piper says, also, sometimes that stair might not be booby trap stair for that person. Uh, can you explain yeah, a little too, bit yeah. more what you mean? Do you mean like, uh, they're, they're, is it kind of like we were talking about earlier where they're not going to act a certain way around a certain group of people? Or... I mean, all cops are bastards, but as the as I think one of them said once, an FBI profiler, I have yet to meet a serial killer whose compulsions caused him to do it in front of a police officer. Like everyone says, I can't help myself. Yeah. Okay, but I, you're you're not strangling people in front of the cops. Yeah. Uh, on camera, so you can obviously help yourself pretty well when you need to. Yeah. So yeah, if you if if the person is only going off and being a missing stare at 
women or people they perceive it less powerful or minorities or whatever then uh, yeah then it, it, this sort of comes ties back to you know mr F- i don't know what mr Fieldmouse was talking about ah good old mr Fieldmouse. oh the way your co-worker never pinches the boss's butt exactly yes that right <laughs> yeah yeah that's a much more applicable metaphor than me going off about serial killers. Yeah, but you know, serial killers, that's that's I was I was gonna say it's your brand, but it's not really, unless you want to write a story about a serial killer who just retired and became a gardener. Um Which admittedly I mean, is kinda what Sith is a Sith is, but Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Also Jedi. They they both kill a lot of people, but you know. And it's true. Yeah. Uh, or janitors on the Death Star, probably. Or janitors on the Death Star. Or janitors just there to sweep up all the droid poo. Sorry, I don't know where I went with that. Um, is there? Anything- I do droid poo. Yes. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to discuss about this topic or uh, networking since you're uh, cheerful obliviousness makes you realize that you you are a quite good person to network with because everybody likes you and you know a lot of people. Uh, yes. It, uh, it's just that um, if you network with me, what you get is uh, me. I am I am fun to to I am fun at parties, uh, but. Yes. It, it, the odds of my increasing your improving your career are slim to none, and so and I mean okay I am an extreme example I but I, I think with networking just hang out with people because they're cool people and you like hanging out with them and you have things to talk about yeah not because you think that will help your career any because uh. I am great fun to hang out with if you are a certain sort of person, but the odds of my helping your career are non-existent. And, you know, it, it, yeah, it's all shades of that. Yeah. I still think you downplay your, just in, in, in the world of nebulous networking, you're, you're downplaying your power, but um, I'm not going to convince you otherwise. I think my power is much better at, like, making people feel good about themselves or saying, this is really cool or being encouraging than like actual business getting you a book deal kind of if thing. If someone came up to you and said, what do you think of Mer Lafferty? And you give I, uh, your honest opinion. I hope you like me. You, you showed up here with half an hour uh, notice. I, yeah, but... I'd be like, no, Mer is, is, is my dear friend. And, and they might like appreciate that take and listen to you if they're considering me for something. So that is, you know, a place that networking can pay off. If you, you are somebody who is a nice person and someone else, like Ursula can't bless you with her magic garden wand and, and suddenly make your career happen. But if you're, if she knows you and someone asks her about you, then she's going to be honest and that can help. I, I guess it's just that nobody ever asked me questions <laughs> like that. Nobody ever asked, what do you think of Murr? I mean, it, it, it doesn't come up, really. 
True, that was an example, but uh, yes, yeah. I mean, if, if people if people asked me what I thought of people, I would I would tell them happily and enthusiastically. It's just like there aren't like editors out there asking me these questions. Although, okay, now that I think about it, I do remember uh, sort of a semi example of this. I, I'm the Toastmaster at World Fantasy Con this year, and. Uh, uh, because I gave the speech about slime molds at the Hugo's, mm-hmm. and someone in the audience was like, uh, this person gives a very clever speech about slime molds. We should, she would be a great Toastmaster. And I'm, having heard that, I'm like, wow, the bar is oddly low, I guess. But, Again, you are a lot funnier than you think you are. But anyway, so, uh, she went back to World Fantasy Con, like, like, con committee and was like, this person, uh, this Ursula Brown would be great. And the con chair happened to have read one of my stories like ages back and was like, yes, that was a great story. Uh, I loved that story. Let's ask her. So I guess that is a case where it, like con committees maybe ask people's opinion. Like if I was on a con com and someone said, we need a guest of honor, uh, who do you think of? Then that is a case where someone might ask me, uh, so my opinion of someone and I would tell them that I thought you were great. Right. Yeah. That uh, I, I was trying to come up with an example in the real world where that actually happened of, of, you know, people asking other people, what do you think of so-and-so in order to achieve something? And it occurs to me convention. I mean, not yeah. that I know how much those help people's career though. So. Yeah. I have a friend who, who works uh, on a concom and uh, he sometimes texts me and says, what do you think about this person or that person? Or is there anything I need to know implying missing stairs right. about this person or that person? Um, Arudanel says, my mom's a perfect example. Women are told so often they aren't important or don't have any real power that it's all too common for them to not understand how powerful just being everyone's favorite person to hang out with really is. That is true. Also, I kind of want to hug your mom. Aww. Oh. Yes. Your mom sounds lovely. Yes. Um, yeah, so if you guys have any questions, uh, let us know in the next couple of minutes or else we're going to move on. That makes it sound like yeah, I'm threatening you, but we, we're going to have to move on at some point. <laughs> but well, if you well, have any questions. What, if you, what, what, what are we moving on to? Well, no, I was I was going to say we're going to end the show, and and unless you have something else you want to talk about. No, no, but aren't we supposed to do, like, what have you been working on, Mer? Oh, yeah, we usually do it at the beginning. We haven't... It, it's been out. I'm, I'm sorry. The the book launch really broke my brain. I'm, I'm sort of coming back online, but I've got that slow boot-up process. What am I working on? Um, I've it's actually okay gotten... to say you're working on recovering. I'm working on recovering, but I'm also... Um, giving myself permission to work on something fun at this very moment. And I'm uh, working on a, a solo tabletop RPG, and I worked on that today. And I'm very pleased with the premise. It amuses me. Um, it's about plants. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of what I've, I've worked on a lot today. Um, my producer is is uh, not well, and all my thoughts go out to her, and so I'm having to catch up on posting and editing podcasts myself, so um, also catching up on that. And um, 
I got some edits for smaller projects as I await the edits on my uh, Midsummer Murders 2 book, which, you know... Dun, dun, dun. I'm sorry? Uh, I was making a dun-dun-dun Yes, dun, dun, there dun. will be a Midsummer Murders 2, yes. I'm just kind of... I, I knew it would come around November, and, like, I want to write something for NaNoWriMo, and I'm going to get novel edits dumped on me, and it's going to make me sad, so... Um, yes, yeah, Solo is in one-person RPG, not Solo is in the character, because that is not something I want to do, because I would possibly get sued. Um, what about you, Ursula? Uh, I have to get the next Easton novella done. And I was I was proud of myself. It was going to be due at uh, in the beginning of November, and I went to my editor and said, "I think I need more time because everything is like compressing around my brain, and people keep needing me to like drive them to doctor's appointments or uh, the air conditioning or the HVAC system is blown up, and I need to handle that." And so can I get an extension? And she was like, yeah, how about December 15th? And I'm like, I love you forever. <laughs> so yes, I, I have the Easton novella, which is uh, sort of a sequel to what moves the dead. Same character, fewer, fewer fungus. Excellent. And uh, I also have to, I, I am slowly working on the next Paladin novel and I have the edits for other kids books that I am going to self publish before the end of the year. And I really need to get those edits out, uh, dealt with. So, you know, so you're self-publishing a kid's book? Uh, well, it's like uh, Wizard's Guide to Defense of Baking. It's sort of a middle grade, but adults will hopefully enjoy it too, since that's the primary audience in self-pub is, is adults. Uh, right. Like, yeah, don't try to be a self-published children's book author when your primary audience is children. That'll, yeah. that, that, that's a lot of heartache. Yeah. But uh, if Kids you don't are, really do a lot of, like, impulse buying on... Um, Kindle, Amazon Kindle shop. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's all uh, it, it is staggering the difference in ebook sales between like the Dragon Breath books and uh, one of myself. But uh, we're talking like two, three percent on Dragon Breath, and like you know, sixty, seventy percent on uh, a T Kingfisher self-published book like you know, Wizard's Guide to Defense and Baking. So, mm -hmm. yeah. But lots of adults will read them to kids. I, I have lots of, of readers who who love reading, you mm -hmm. know, middle grade books. So they they do great in in the sort of uh, the the market that I have. But that's as much to my specific readers as to anything else. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, the only question we have is, since Ursula can't make our careers, will Murr make all our careers instead? Um, I think that's what this podcast is trying to do, and the other one. So that's 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 where that I'm putting that energy. Actually, if you email Murr, she will, and, and you ask nicely enough and offer bribes, she will give you the keys to the super secret uh, writer power group that uh, secretly controls all the publishing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I know John Scalzi, and he's the one who keeps those. Yes, yes. And he's the one who, who talks to all of Hollywood about turning all of their shows woke. Yes. I've heard, he, uh, he's, in, I've heard he's in charge of that. Well, no, I think that's Neil Gaiman, because, uh, you know, he was the one who made Rings of Power. And oh, yeah. So, uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. 
and if put, you miss that running joke, people keep accusing uh, Neil Gaiman on Twitter of uh, having ruined Rings of Power. He has nothing to do with the show. Yeah, he he has not he has not worked on it. He is not involved in any way. But it's all you know. Why did you do this? And he's like, I. All right, I'll stack everyone involved in my version immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But also, you know, he put queer people in uh, the Sandman and made Dream All Goth. Yes. And and made Desire androgynous and non-binary. Yeah. That, uh, that, yeah, just for Hollywood, mind you. Just for Hollywood, yeah. It was, it, Sandman yeah. wasn't like that before. Oh, not at all. Not at all. I'm, I'm hurting my neck trying to, to, to see my way around that one. If you're not a reader of Sandman, uh, that, both if you're Dream and Desire look so much like their comic counterparts. It's scary how well they did in casting those. Oh, absolutely. And there were lots of gay people in Sandman in the original and uh it yeah yeah so it's all good i love the casting yes the casting's awesome um can i get the keys to an elite writers club without an elite mfa no you have to get an mfa and it has to be an elite one not just you know but yeah cheap ass mfa Although, although pro tip, you uh, you don't actually have to get a uh, writing MFA. You can have one in entomology. An MFA? Look, it's really hard to get for obvious reasons, but you can get into the secret writer room if you have an MFA in entomology. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you got a, a lot of bugs, though. Okay. I'm... All right. There's only one college that gives it. There's only one college that gives. I am, the, the I am an NFA in my college. None of those bargain basement MFAs. No. Um, all right. I think we're done. Is there anything else you want to say to our lovely audience who's hanging out and being awesome? Uh, you're awesome. And... The Hot Sour Car Wrestling fanfic is actually really fun. You should go Google that on AO3. This podcast was produced under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Music provided by Devo Spice. DevoSpice.com Ditch Diggers! This is a free podcast brought to you by the kindness of our patrons. If you would like to also be kind and a patron, go to patreon.com slash mightymurr.